reflecting and thinking about your birth and all that it means to us. I pray that you would bless those that are with family. And Lord, I know of several situations where the gospel is needed. And I ask that you would help to open the door of opportunity, that uh, there would be the willingness uh, for folks to hear and to listen to uh, the wonderful news of your birth and your uh, death, your burial, your resurrection, and your redemption of man. Bless the preaching time this afternoon, and may it be a, a help and a blessing to us, an encouragement to our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 2, once again, dealing with uh, the wise men. The Bible says in verse number 1, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Israel with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, <coughs> bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And uh, I want to spend a few moments this afternoon uh, looking at uh, a couple of additional things with the wise men. First of all, understanding and knowing their position and the fact that they understood and knew uh, who this baby was. They knew it was the Christ. Uh, they knew that it was the one that was to be born the King of the Jews and was to be the Messiah. Uh, and uh, as such, uh, they came and the Bible says that they knelt down or fell down and worshipped Him. And I think that's a very telling uh, statement when it comes to who these wise men were, and here's a little infant in the ba- in the, in a house that's being there, uh, probably less than at least two years old, we believe, and, and probably uh, still very young. And yet here are these wise men uh, that are uh, very high in the kingdom. Uh, oftentimes they're the advisors to the king, and they're falling down before this baby and worshiping him, so they understand and know that. Uh, He is the Christ. And uh, they bring some uh, gifts to Him. And I think the gifts are very interesting. Uh, And I've I've spent some time over the years preaching on this and studying uh, a couple of these things. uh, But there are three three gifts that we know of that are mentioned in Scripture very specifically. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. And uh, gold was often used throughout Scripture. And you can find this numerous times. Uh, gold was oftentimes used as a gift to bring to royalty. Uh, when one king would visit another, often they would bring gold as a gift to them. And uh, was a uh, an indication of understanding that this person is of royal descent or is going to be uh, a king. And of course, these men already believed that uh, this star that showed up 
uh, was his star. They referred to it as his star, and that it was indicating uh, where is he that is born king of the Jews, capital K, uh, in our King James Bibles. And uh, they already knew and understood that he was coming to be the king. And so they, they brought uh, a gift in the, in the sense of the gold uh, as an indication of the fact that Christ was to be the king uh, of Israel. Hold your place here for a moment. Let's look at several passages of Scripture. Uh, Matthew chapter 27 and uh, verse number 11. Matthew chapter 27 and verse number 11. Uh, Jesus, when He's giving uh, an answer uh, just before His crucifixion, uh, in verse number 11, the Bible says, And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked Him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. And so, uh, not only is He referred to by men as the king of the Jews, but even Christ Himself was in agreement with this. Uh, He did not uh, uh, rebuke or correct the fact that this fellow had said this about him, that he was the king of the Jews. And then notice also in John chapter 12, and we've got several verses to look at here. John chapter 12 and verse number 12. John chapter 12 and verse number 12. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And again, referring to Him as the King of Israel, capital K. Uh, Chapter 18 of John, over a few pages. John chapter number 18, and verse number 39. John chapter 18, and verse number 39. But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one of the Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the King of the Jews... Uh, And so Pilate here is referring to Christ as the king of the Jews. Also in chapter 19 and verse 14, he does it again. Uh, And it was the preparation of the Passover about the sixth hour. And he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. And again, Pilate was convinced of this. And then over in verse number 19, Pilate had written an inscription that read in verse number 19. And Pilate wrote a title that put it on the cross. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth the king of the Jews. This title then read, Many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh the city, and uh, is written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Then said the chief priest of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Uh, And so the religious leaders of Israel said, "Don't, Don't say he's our king. Say he said he was our king. And Pilate said, I have written what I have written. Uh, he is the King of the Jews. And so, uh, very clear that uh, when Jesus Christ was born, uh, that He filled this role as King of Israel. And He will continue to sit upon the throne of David and will be there for the rest of eternity. Uh, he'll do so when He comes back in uh, the second coming and sets up His millennial reign. He'll sit upon that throne and will be there for, uh, the Bible says it's an eternal throne. Uh, The second gift that they bring to him is a gift of frankincense. Uh, Now, one of the first mentions we have of frankincense in Scripture is found all the way back in the Old Testament. Let's take a minute to look at that and uh, go to Exodus chapter number 30, if you will. 
<clears throat> Exodus chapter number 30. And God is just giving instructions uh, about the tabernacle that has been built and how they're to practice worship in the tabernacle. And um, in chapter number 30, uh, let's go to verse number 34. Exodus chapter 30, verse number 34. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take unto thee sweet spices, Staki and Anika and Galbanium, these sweet spices with pure frankincense of each shall there be a like weight. Thou shalt make it a perfume, a confection after the art of the apothecary, tempered together, pure and holy. And thou shalt beat some of it very small, and put of it before the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation, where I will meet with thee. It shall be unto you most holy, and as for perfume which thou shalt make, ye shall not uh, make to yourself according to the composition thereof. It shall be unto thee holy for the Lord. Whosoever shall make like unto that to smell therein too shall even be cut off uh, from his people. And so uh, part of the practice of the tabernacle was to make this perfume, and it signified uh, pureness and holiness. And he, the, the, the purpose was, and the, the, the priestly duty at this point was, for them to take this, uh, this perfume that was made of the frankincense and these other herbs and spices, and that they were to beat them into a small amount, and they were to place them before the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation. The Bible says, "...where I will meet with thee." And it shall be unto you most holy. And so this frankincense was something, and this, this concoction of frankincense, the purity of the frankincense added with some of these other things, were part of the priestly duty and was there to indicate the pureness and the holiness of the life that was to be lived by the sacrifice. It was what allowed, or it says, according to verse number 36, it says, this, uh, this, where I will meet with you, so with, so with thee. So this is the place where God is able now to uh, come and meet with, uh, with man. And so, uh, frankincense in its earliest mention in Scripture was used in a priestly duty uh, by the high priest to accomplish a work in the tabernacle that was part of uh, the reconciliation between God and man, allowing man and God to meet together. Uh, the incense signified uh, pureness and holiness. And as we mentioned in the earlier service, the requirement for us to make it into heaven is perfection. And since none of us can be perfect, then we must depend upon the perfection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look in Mark chapter number 10. Mark chapter number 10. <clears throat> So it was something that was to be used by the priest in the uh, tabernacle. And uh, then let's look in Mark chapter number 10. <coughs> Mark chapter number 10. And look with me in verse number uh, 45. Mark chapter number 10 and verse number 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to what? to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So he came uh, to be a minister and to fill this uh, purpose of the ministration of the high priestly role. Now look in Hebrews, if you will. 
the book of Hebrews, and we're going to start in chapter 7. We're going to read a good portion of this. Hebrews chapter number 7. Uh, and, uh, in fact, I'm going, to, I'm going to back up into chapter 6 so we can get some of the context of it. Uh, let's start in verse, uh, chapter 6 and verse number 17, if you will, and we'll work our way into chapter 7. <clears throat> Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of His counsel, confirmed, by, confirmed it by an oath. Now, uh, immutability is a big word. If you don't know what that means, it means the fact that it is unchangeable. It cannot change. So the immutability of His counsel would be His counsel that does not change, uh, is what that's referring to. That by two immutable things, in which it is impossible, it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that which into that within the veil. Now that's speaking in reference to the mercy seat, the Holy of Holies that was inside of the temple. Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, notice this phrase, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Uh, chapter 7 is going to deal with uh, the order of Melchizedek. And, and for sake of time, I'm not going to read the entirety of the chapter. Uh, but uh, let's go down uh, to verse number 10, I think is where I'd like to start. Uh, verse number 11. Verse number 11. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there for another priest should, should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, <coughs> there is made, a necessity, a, uh, made of necessity a change also of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe of which no man gave attendance at the altar... For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which the tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident, uh, for that uh, after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest, who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testifieth, Thou art priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. And so we find that Christ not only fills the role of the king, but he also fills the role of a priest. Uh, and then uh, this gift that was given, this frankincense, uh, was certainly something that was given uh, indicating his role uh, as a high priest. Uh, the incense that were to be offered, it also represented the purity uh, and the holiness of the life that was to be lived. Now let's look at the, uh, the gift of myrrh for a moment. Myrrh is a unique uh, a unique one in the sense that uh, it was often used uh, to indicate or to anoint uh, those that were to be a prophet for the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, for, for God. Uh, let's look in Deuteronomy chapter number 18 for a minute. And uh, oftentimes the myrrh was an indication uh, of the uh, anointing of God for prophetic purposes. Uh, look in Deuteronomy chapter number 18 for a moment. Deuteronomy chapter number 18, and we'll go to verse number 15. Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse number 15. 
The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee, and notice this, a capital P prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. And so we find here the first indication of Christ being in the role of a prophet. So three roles that Christ fulfills. Uh, the role of prophet, the role of priest, and the role of a king. Uh, each of these gifts were significant and indicators of such things. Look with me in Luke chapter number 13. 